Hi, I'm Liza, and I've been reading tarot professionally for well over a decade. And this is Tarot for the Modern Reader, the podcast that will teach you simple, actionable techniques to read the cards with more clarity, accuracy, and ease, so you can get real answers to real questions for real people, including yourself, in today's modern world. Whether your readings are for guidance or prediction, I'll help you 86 the doubt and confusion and take your skills and confidence to the next level so you can become the best tarot reader you know. This is Tarot for the Modern Reader. Hello and welcome to the Tarot for the Modern Reader podcast. I'm your host, Liza, and this is episode number 37, your already written three-card taroscope for every 10 days for the rest of your life. So that's this week's episode, and this week is also a bit of a shorty episode since I'm still on a major deadline right now with our new Circle project, but all of that is going to be coming to a fruition uh, over the next couple of weeks, and honestly, the foundations for Circle are the same as some of the concepts that I want to talk about on this week's podcast episode, so... I guess as cycles of nature usually go, right? You know how sometimes in life you do things for so long that they're just normal and like they're just natural to you, just kind of a part of your life and your routine. And I don't know, they might be totally weird or straight up unknown to other people, but they're normal to you. It's just what you do. And then interestingly, there are some parts that are even a bit hidden to you. So like they might be things that you do, but you don't always really understand the deeper why. And I love to believe that there are like things that we know or have a knowledge of, but the significance of those things sometimes stays below our level of consciousness until the time is right. And this is kind of the position that I feel like I've been finding myself in uh, recently. So obviously I'm a tarot reader, a professional tarot reader, a tarot blogger, tarot teacher, now a tarot podcaster. So it's pretty safe to assume that tarot is my jam. And, you know, if you've been around or have listened or read my blog or, you know, anything like that for any length of time, then you know that astrology is also my jam. But, you know, for one reason or another, that's been my personal jam while tarot has been my professional jam. And honestly, I love one no more or less than the other. Why I chose to create a business around my tarot practice over my astrology practice probably had more to do with logistics and opportunity than anything else because, you know, honestly, 10 years ago, the internet was a completely different ball of wax. But in my early days, I was just happy to relate, you know, the major arcana cards to the astrological signs or planets that they corresponded to. So this was in the early days of my, you know, uh, tarot practice and my astrology practice. I was able to put them together just in at least the sense that I would know what, you know, major arcana card went with each of the uh, monthly astrological signs or the planets that they corresponded to. And then I could use them as signposts, you know, for the general focus of each month. So for example, it's Leo season. Okay, time for strength and the sun card to be relevant right now. Virgo season. Hello, hermit. (laughs) So of course, you know, there is still 
truth in this today. That's still like the, the foundation, you know, of our basis of our astrology cards, um, or our astrology in our tarot cards. And I think a lot of times when we, uh, start working with astrology and tarot together, this is really where we start, or, you know, almost like when you first learn to read the tarot cards, a lot of times you learn the major arcana before you learn the minor, or sometimes those have more meaning. So it takes longer to really gain the nuance of those than the minor. But just as a natural progression, we tend to start with the fool and, you know, end at the king of pentacles, <laughs> so to speak. So I feel like this is kind of the same way um, in this system. So, you know, we, we start, we start working with the tarot cards in relation to the major arcana and then um, after we spend some time doing that, then we can maybe look at them in other ways. And sometimes we, we don't even, you know, like we just stay in this space, you know, where we've always just related the card to the season, because that's what's very common, even in mainstream tarot, tarot reading today, or in, I say mainstream, but like amongst a lot of practitioners or a lot of, you know, things that you see on the internet, um, you know, there's a real growing, you know, resurgence, I feel like in both of these systems. And so you're seeing some of them even being brought together, but I still feel like that's like the majority of how you see it, but there is really just so much more. And this is what I want to chat about today, but I also, you know, want to share how this is kind of like the underpinning of the circle program. I'm really kind of coming around full circle myself with the systems that I love so dearly and finding that working with both the lunar and the solar cycles and, you know, as well as the tarot, it's just such a profound way, not only for manifesting the life that we want, but also having at least some level of predictability in our own cycles of daily life in an otherwise utterly unpredictable world. Now, using the cards that relate to the sign of the month, such as the hermit in Virgo season, you know, is a way of working with the solar cycles. But in lunar cycles, they also help us relate to the sign of the new moon each month, since that is always in the same sign as the sun. Now, I'm a pretty avid observer of the moon's phases and signs and working with them. So particularly the new and the full moon. If you have a practice that includes work at even just those two days of the month, you'll see a change in your life. I will just guarantee that. I started out my practice doing the work each month at those two times or phases, and then the work itself was relevant to the sign that the moon was in. So for example, setting goals and making intentions for my health under a new moon in Virgo or money manifestation at the full moon in Taurus, which by the way, is our next full moon at the end of October. So working with the moon's signs and phases is a way of working with the lunar energy. Now let's talk about the solar energy. Each of our minor arcana cards that we look at every 10 days under our deacons are moving in accordance with solar energy. So these cards each rule a 10-day period that are in line with whatever sign the sun is in that month. So these cards and the rulerships change according to the position of the sun, not the moon. So deacon work is solar work. 
Now, when you're learning to read tarot, looking at the minor arcana cards that correlate to each deacon of the zodiac really gives you a comprehensive and holistic understanding of the card, you know, through the lens of astrology. Now, last week we talked about the gifts of the Three of Swords, challenging as they may be. The deeper meaning of that card comes from the understanding of its basic astrology, the planet Saturn in the sign of Libra. And these energies really do have a way of showing up in our lives at the times that they govern or rule. It really makes the tarot such a living system and a deeper way for us to under- understand the tarot, you know, by living that system with the cards following a predictable order and rotation with a changing of the guard or a passing of the torch, you know, pick your lyrical poison every 10 days as above. So below, I feel like this is just such an amazing way to see the divine in the daily. What's really fun about it is that it also gives you your three-card forecast or taroscope for each 10-day period that follows your astrological horoscopes, more or less. So as I mentioned before, we have the major arcana card that covers the month. So let me use this month as an example. We're in the sign of Libra right now. So that would be our major arcana card of justice. And this is where most tarot readers will leave the horoscope or the taroscope. But now we also have the minor arcana that follows the deacon rotation. So we can add that into the mix. Right now, that's the three of swords. But lastly, and this is like the icing on the cake, we have another almost secret major arcana card to consider. And that is the card that is associated with the planet that is the ruler of that specific deacon. So in this case, keeping with our current example, the three of swords we've determined is ruled by Saturn and Saturn is associated with the world card. So I know if this is the first time or, you know, maybe even just the first of several times that you're hearing about this, then that may have been a lot to make your head spin. But just know that none of it is necessary to memorize. All of that that I just mentioned, you know, that's all just statistical data. You can find an unlimited number of charts or tables on the internet that show this progression, you know, like that. Um, when we work with our deacons is really just a literally a progression, a table, you know, this sign and this sign, this planet and this sign, you know, it just, you can walk right through them. Like once you see the pattern, then it just becomes really, really easy to work with um, in terms of that. It's not as complicated as it sounds, you know, when I'm talking about it, but I know when it's something that is, um, with that many moving parts, it can definitely 
Definitely sound that way. But this is nothing new. As a matter of fact, some of the oldest systems in the world, such as Kabbalah, are based on tarot and astrology together. So tarot and astrology go together like peanut butter and jelly. It adds such a depth to your readings to have at least a minimal understanding of both. But what's really cool in the case of what I'm talking about in today's episode is that you can read each of the deacons as a new mini horoscope, a three-card reading, every 10 days. So in the story of your life, what would a reading of the world, the three of swords, and justice mean to you? Now, this is not a hypothetical. I'm posing this actual actual question to all of us right now. In terms of your, in terms of your life, from now until October 12th or October 13th, this is your 10-day forecast. The world, the three of swords, and the justice card. What do those mean for you? So this 10-day forecast is available to each and every one of us three times each and every astrological month. Notice how the first card, Justice, in this case, will stay the same for the entire solar month. So for each of these three 10-day forecasts that we get in a month, for each of them, one of the cards is the Justice card, right? So that's like the prevailing overarching theme. And then the Minor Arcana card will ascend within the same suit through three numbers in a row. So in a sequence, in this case, it's the two, the three, and the four of swords, which it kind of tells a bit of a story in that way, doesn't it? And then as we move through different seasons of the year, you know, we enter into themes that are relevant to each season. Obviously, we're in the swords cards right now because we are in the sign of Libra, which is one of our air signs and air, you know, in my system correlates to the suit of swords in the tarot. Now, the wild card in here, though it's not really wild, is the other major arcana, which is the card that relates to the ruling planet in that minor arcana card. So in this case, the world, because again, in the minor arcana card, the three of swords, it's Saturn and Libra. So Saturn is the planet there, and um, Saturn is associated with the world card. So it's not really a secret card. You know, there is a formula to it. But, and I always think it sounds funny whenever we talk about things like tarot and then I use the word formula because we think of it as truly such an abstract or instinctual or, you know, intuitive system of interpretation. But so much of tarot is built on such a solid framework. Like when we look at it through the lens of astrology and through the lens of Kabbalah, like we can just see that there is such a structure, um, you know, to the tarot itself, which to be honest, when you're learning something, when you're learning a system, I really feel like that's very helpful. I really like having that structure um, to help me kind of put these pieces together. And I feel like it kind of works like that with this too. So this wild card, that's not really a wild card. You know, the last one is the 
card that relates to the ruling planet of that minor arcana card. So in this case, again, that would be the world card. And so you see how we get to that world card. So again, it's like, it's almost like in math, you know, things are complicated. I know this is like sounding crazier and crazier. I'm going out on limbs comparing mathematics to tarot. Uh, here we are. <laughs> But, you know, in some of these mathematics, we find that we have no idea how to do this problem, right? Like you could put like 10 of the same kind of problem in front of me. And if I don't know how to do the problem itself, if I don't know the formula, I can't do any of them. However, when I know the formula, then I can do all of them, right? Like when you're learning algebra or you're learning any of these, you know, types of mathematics that require specific formulas to arrive at the answer. Like you do this first and then you do that, right? Like you guys, come on, somebody has to uh, definitely feel me on this old school, high school, college, you know, order of operations and <laughs> how you do your math problems, right? So there's like this, this formula though, that once you you know the formula, you can apply it to all of the problems. So I kind of feel like that is sort of the same way here with the tarot and with some of the stuff that we're talking about today. When you know the formula or you know the table or you know the order of the system, all of a sudden you can apply it to all of the cards or you can apply it to the entire system of, you know, tarot in general. And then that can be just a whole new world of information that opens up. Anyway, I digress on that topic. So <laughs> this is not only, though, just a great way to look at your tarot scope on a regular basis without even drawing a single card, but it is also an amazing way of experiencing the tarot for yourself. So if you've ever read, you know, some meanings for a card and felt like they were totally unrelatable or out of touch for our modern day times, or you just don't, you know, you just don't connect with that meaning. It, it doesn't feel like it's what you're expecting it to be. And, and that can be because although many meanings are, you know, based in a lot of solid research and history, you know, a lot of our oldest meanings and, you know, are, are just that they're very old. And so like there are things that are different in our world today that, you know, make us be able to relate to the meanings in a different way. Some of the things that they once um, implied are things that just don't really exist in our society today. Uh, so there's a little bit of that, but, you know, this is a way of learning the tarot by living the tarot. So if you keep a journal, you can look at what you have, you know, documented and see how it relates to the cards for that 10 days. So if you are someone who journals, for example, you can look at, you know, this is my three day forecast, or this is my three card forecast for the next 10 days. And then you can see how those days, you know, end up playing out in relation to those cards. And that'll give you some of your own interpretation for that card over time. You know, you really can see some patterns emerge there. And what's really cool is that because it doesn't require you to draw cards, you can even look back at journal entries that you may have had from a long time ago, or even just major events in your life and see how they correspond to the tarot forecast for that week. Now, if you're like me, you can do the same thing using the camera roll in your phone. So I have a secret. It's not really a secret, but I have to admit I am notoriously horrible at journaling and I have such good intentions. Like I know the value. I have gorgeous journals that I absolutely love and yet like they're blank. So I don't know for whatever reason, like I'm just not doing it. But you know what I do 
have and what I do love. (laughs) I have a camera roll on my phone that is busting at the metaphorical seams and enough pictures to rival a professional photographer. I photograph literally everything. Whenever I wonder about something from the past, like, you know, how I did something or when I did something, my partner literally, just literally always replies, you have a picture of it. Like at this point, I can't even believe that I wonder this statement out loud anymore. And that like, he's just like, like, he's just like, doesn't even entertain it. He's just like, without even looking up, he's just like, there's a picture. You have a picture of that. Just go back and look at your picture, like something like that. And each time I'm like, oh yeah. So, <laughs> you know, even if you're not a journaler, there may be other ways that you're keeping records of things in your life. So it can be fun and honestly enlightening to look back on some of these important moments and see what the forecast was for that week. And it doesn't change, right? Like it it follows the same predictable yearly pattern. So as is the case right now, the middle 10 days of Libra season, approximately the 2nd through the 12th of October is always going to correspond to the three of swords. If you've ever noticed a pattern in your life where, you know, the same thing or the same type of thing seems to happen year after year at certain times, or you just feel like you have a certain time of year that just does not you, you just don't love it. Like it's just definitely a time of year that you just are not thrilled about, or you just always feel like a certain sense of dread or like something negative or like some sort of an association, whatever, you know, this can hold a key to that mystery for you as well. Okay, that is it for today's episode. I hope you have found this both interesting and useful, or at least one of the other, one of the other, one of the two. But I will be opening up the registration for Circle by the end of this month. So stay tuned for more information about that if you're interested. In Circle, we are going to gather twice a month um, for the Lunar Circle. So that'll be once at the new moon to set intentions as a community. And then again, a second time at the full moon as a sisterhood of divine creatrixes. Like just to manifest the things that we have set our intentions for. And then we'll also meet to celebrate the Sabbaths during solar circles as a time of merrymaking, uh, community, and potent magic making as well. So I can't wait to share more about that with you as we get closer to the end of the month. And I hope you have enjoyed this uh, episode and I can't wait to chat with you again next week.